It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dance, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight. With, Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, hey, Dan. Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. You know, sometimes sports takes a backseat to what's happening in the world, whether it's politically, uh, whether it's it, it's something to do with, with human rights or or protests or whatever it is. Sometimes sports takes a backseat. But, but sometimes sports and these political events oftentimes go hand in hand. And, and we all have been watching what's been unraveling in, in Eastern Europe with Russia and Ukraine, with the Russians invading the country of Ukraine. And, and, and with all of the, the geopolitical and economic and sociopolitical, all of those things that go with it, we're not touching that. But, but occasionally the actions of a country and, and, they can impact what what goes forward, whether it's something that's been planned for a long time or not. I mean, at case in point, um, on a much smaller scale, we saw what Major League Baseball did this year with the All-Star Game. You had a, a state government in, in Georgia pass a, a series of bills that Major League Baseball didn't agree with. So what did Major League Baseball do? They packed everything up and went, they took every, they took the show out of, out of town. Where did they end up, Jason? Milwaukee? No, Colorado. Coors Field, yep. So, uh, you know, sometimes these things happen. It's not totally common, but it isn't, there isn't, it's not like there isn't any precedent for it. And now... I think they According almost did to, it with the Super Bowl too. They were talking they about sure moving did. that. Yeah. Yes, you're right. Yep, you're right about that. But now, UEFA officials say that the Champions League final in Russia will be moved. UEFA are, are set to strip Saint Petersburg of the hosting rights for the 2022 Champions League final. These uh, sources have told ESPN. All of this stemming from the attacks on Ukraine. The Krestovsky Stadium, which was set to host the 2018 World Cup, was due to stage the Champions League final on May 28th of this year, uh, after initially being awarded the game in 2021 before it was moved back due to the pandemic. And, of course, we're, we're, we have seen over the last couple of days world leaders from every corner of the globe have come out and, and spoken against Russia's actions. But UEFA is now going to act. The statement that they released uh, saying that following the evaluation of the situation between Russia and Ukraine, the UEFA president has called an extraordinary meeting uh, yesterday and evaluate to evaluate the situation. This thing's done. They're not. They're they're going to move this thing out. Alternate venues are now being considered. 
with uh, what it sounds like Wembley in London is not going to be in contention because they've got the European uh, football playoffs at the same time. So now you've got a, a situation where sports has collided with a, a political situation, much like what's happening in the PGA. I, I don't know if you saw this story, but this is wild. So, of course, the PGA Tour is the tour. You've got other tours. You've got uh, the European Tour. But they're all kind of stemming from the PGA. All quality tours, but just different. And, of course, you've got the the, the kind of the, the lower-rung tours, like the Corn Ferry. But you've got now a legitimate, or at least what many has, have viewed as a legitimate contender the, to the PGA. It's called the Super League. And it's being uh, financed. It's being run by big-time investors in Saudi Arabia. And it's being hosted, fronted by Greg Norman. Greg Norman is golf royalty. And so he is kind of leading this charge with this new league. And the Saudis are doing their best to try to lure many of the top players in the PGA, whether it's Justin Thomas, John Rahm, Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, all of these guys have been approached. And, and everybody on the tour has been approached. They're looking for a marquee guy. Well, they almost found one in Phil Mickelson. And you're thinking, Phil? Phil had some incredible things to say. To Alan Shipnuck, he's with the Fire Pit Collective. He's going to be releasing a new kind of uh, unauthorized autobiography on Phil. And he spoke with him about this SGL, the, the, the Super Golf League. And he called this, uh, he, well, he called the Saudis uh, scary bleepers to get involved with. He said, we know that they killed Washington Post reporter Jamal Khashoggi. And they have a horrible track record on human rights. They execute execute people over there for being gay. Knowing all of this, why would I even consider it? Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. They've been able to get by with manipulative, coercive, strong-arm tactics because we, the players, had no recourse. As a nice guy, as PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan is, he comes across, uh, un, uh, he, or he comes across as a nice guy. Unless you have leverage, he won't do what's right. And the Saudi money has finally given us that leverage. I'm not sure I even want the Super Golf League to succeed, but just the idea of it is allowing us to get things done with the PGA. So uh, that was released. Uh, just a couple of days ago. And now, weirdly, Phil Mickelson is apologizing. Although it doesn't look this way now, my recent comments and actions throughout this process have always been with the best interests of golf, my peers, sponsors, and fans. 
There was a problem with the off the record comments being shared out of context and without my consent. But the bigger issue is that I used words that do not reflect my true feelings and intentions. Well, uh, Alan Shipnuck has said there was never any conversation about any of this being off the record. And in fact, Phil Mickelson knew that he was going to use these comments in statements and, and quotes. And as all of this now plays out, Phil Mickelson says the past 10 years, I have felt the pressure and stress slowly affecting me at a deeper level. I know I have not been my best and desperately need some time away to prioritize the ones I love most and work on being the man I want to be. Um, Here's the other part in all of this and, and, and perhaps even why uh, Phil has issued an apology. According to the story on ESPN, Mickelson has given his sponsors, which include Callaway, the opportunity to pause their relationship with him. KPMG became the first to announce its end to their partnership, a decision they say was mutual. Amstel Light also ending its partnership with Phil Mickelson. And you've got players like Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas. Rory saying, I don't want to kick someone while they're down, obviously, but I thought... His comments were naive, selfish, egotistical, and ignorant. A lot of words to describe that interaction he had. It was just very surprising and disappointing. I'm sure he's sitting at home sort of rethinking his position and where he goes from here. So you've got a couple of situations here where you've got some very powerful, influential countries that have questionable past and questionable uh, modus operandi, I guess. And you've got, in the case of Russia pulling uh, pulling the stunt that they did in Ukraine, you've got soccer saying, enough, we're not dealing with it. We're not. You, you do not get to benefit from what we can bring to the table as an, as an athletic event, as a big-time, worldly athletic event. And you've got, um, you've got uh, players on the PGA Tour saying the same thing to a to a country with questionable histories saying we will not be a part of this ruse so sometimes athletics and political world events do collide coming up next uh, we got a lot to do here on Sports Rep tonight don't go anywhere Chris Renwick uh, right here on Sports Rep more to come don't go Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. So last Sunday, we talked about uh, the, 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 the everything that that happened in that Wisconsin-Michigan game. And, and, and really, the horrific scene that unfolded. I don't know how else to put it. It was, it was not a good look. It wasn't a good look for Michigan. It wasn't a good look for college basketball. And now we've got a situation where we know the the, the, the penalty that Juwan Howard has to pay. It's a five-game suspension, a suspension for the rest of the season, and a $40,000 fine. And, Jace, we, we had talked about it. I know that that um, I think we were kind of in agreement that there was – I didn't believe that Juwan was going to lose his job. I didn't believe um, – that the university would make that type of, of move. Um, I did believe though, that he would get suspended for the season for the rest of the, of the regular season. 
and I also thought that he would probably be suspended for any postseason play, whether that's the Big Ten tournament or whether that's whatever tournament that this team falls into. If they if they go on a run here uh, and they and they and they land in the big dance, then I don't I didn't think he would be coaching in that. Or if they accepted an, an NIT bid, I didn't think he'd be coaching in that. Instead, what we got was a five game suspension, a five game regular season suspension. That's it. That's all we got. Um, and I was, I, I gotta be honest, Chase, I, I was a little taken aback. I didn't expect it to be that light. I thought there was going to be, um, some postseason uh, bands as well. And at the end of the day, it's, it's just a regular season band. What, what were your thoughts on that? Did you think it was a little light just right? Where are you at on? I thought definitely it was, it was definitely a little light. I thought it should have been the entirety of the rest of the season. He did get a $40,000 fine as well. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, he's he's definitely going to really have to watch himself going forward because of his actions in the past as well. And he, he the next step is probably getting fired. So, But I also thought he, he would get, um, uh, like, some sort of anger management or something like that. He might have. Maybe that just wasn't announced or something like that. So... But yeah, he's uh, he's definitely uh, he's probably one incident more incident away from being fired. Um, you know, the other thing too is is, and we're going to talk about Michigan State in a second. But but from a Michigan perspective, I it, moving aside from from the the Juwan Howard stuff. Um, this team is still trying to make a run at the tournament, and as perhaps unrealistic as it could be. Um, they do still have an opportunity. And I look, I would, I would think that in order for them to make the tournament, that they're probably going to, they're going to have to at least win four or, or for their next five, right. Of these games that Juwan Howard was suspended mission accomplished. They won against Rutgers. So that's right off the top. And three of their like, last four are against ranked teams. So that correct. that helps. So you've got um and, and you know for that game against Rutgers, you had two of your better players sus- suspended for that game. Musa Diabate and Terrence Williams. So they're back now. And and I I really like the way Phil Martelli coach that game he is not a new coach i mean phil martelli's been around the game for a very long time he's very reminiscent of john beeline as a matter of fact have coached at a lot of smaller schools but the dude just knows basketball and it was a really part a gigantic part of the success that they had last year and so it's not a surprise that phil martelli could come in and run a basketball game but i really like the way that the team uh whatever however they came out and played i thought they played a, a good game against rutgers and so um, going forward, it's going to be better. It's going to be harder. You've got better talent in front of you. Um, so with that being said, getting Williams back, getting Diabate back are are big pluses for this team. But in order to make the tourney, you're probably going to need to win. You're going to win, have to win out here more than likely. And so for a, for a team that came in to the year ranked number six, they had a lot of expectations coming off of, of the of the season, the unexpected season that they had last year, and they've met none of those expectations so far. I mean, it, it really has been a bit of a struggle, quite frankly. And so now we're going to see where this team is at. And we're going to see 
if the what Juwan Howard in in look, I maybe I shouldn't say this because I don't want it to sound like this was a ploy or a plan, but maybe what Juwan Howard did at the end of that game against Wisconsin. Maybe it it lights a fire in this team. Maybe it creates an identity that they have not been able to to foster yet this year, right? Like last year, you knew what the identity was. You had a couple of guys that were hard nosed players that were transfers that came in and ran the team exactly how Juwan Howard wanted it, and you had a a, a post player who was dominant and borderline unstoppable at times. It stretches throughout last season, and so. Those things haven't necessarily changed, but with with some some guys leaving or some new guys coming in, they're just they haven't meshed like I thought like I thought they would. And so we're gonna have to see where this team's at. But but perhaps, perhaps that serves as as a as a way to motivate this team that we have not seen this year. So you're telling and, and me that this was this was his plan all along. He's a genius. I don't know. No, 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 no. And he gets time no. off. <laughs> and he gets time off. He's a little lighter in the pocketbooks. But, That's but true, yeah. I, I think uh, all I'm saying is that is it possible that, look, Juwan Howard's a fiery guy, has always has been a fiery guy, whether he was uh, playing pickup basketball in Chicago or playing at the University of Michigan or playing in the NBA and now coaching at the University of Michigan. Guy's always been a fiery guy. It is not a surprise that that this guy is as fiery as he is. You shouldn't you shouldn't be assaulting anybody though. I will <laughs> there was a line and he crossed it. So we'll see. We'll see if if this turns out to be some motivating factor for this team. But but for Michigan State there are there've been a lot of the same issues where there, there have been expectations and they have not met them at times this season. You're like, Oh my God, you know, this team is gonna, this team is a, you know, an elite eight team. This team could, could, could seriously be a final four team. And then, and then they're in this situation where they've lost five of their last six and they just, they, they can't stop turning the ball over at times. They can't card the three point, like what happened the other night out at Iowa. And and now you've got Tom Izzo saying, look, things have got to change. They've got to change. They've got to change. And and whether or not we see some um some bench players now elevated to the starting role, or I don't know if that's changing their practice habits. I don't know what it is, but something's gotta give here. Because this Spartans team is actually very talented and they just haven't been able to to put all the pieces together. So I, 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 I actually believe there is a possibility that both teams get in here, but I think it's pretty slim. I think it's pretty slim. And I think for both teams to get in, uh, that game uh, uh, coming up here in the beginning of March is going to be one where, like, Michigan would have to win by, like, a point if both teams are going to get. It's going to have to be a really close game for something like that to happen. But it's, uh, look, an, an unexpected state of affairs for our basketball teams, college basketball teams here in the state of Michigan. More to come on Sports Wrap next. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, so the president is going to have his State of the Union speech on uh, March 1st. 
So we're going to be, it's going to be right in the week. It's going to be in between shows. So what I'm going to do tomorrow, Jason, let's do this. Let's do a state of the union on our Detroit sports teams. Let, let, let's, let's take stock where we're at. Let, let, let's look at what's gone wrong in the past and let's look forward. Let's look forward to a brighter tomorrow. Can we do that, please? We'll do that tomorrow. We'll do our best. Because, you know, for as, look, it's been a rough stretch here for Detroit teams. It really, it's been a, a really dreadful stretch. And so, um, but I do think that we are creeping on the upward trajectory. I think we're on the other side of it. Um, and so, well, we're going to take stock tomorrow on, on where our teams are at. So, so make sure you tune in tomorrow, six to seven. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of NFL teams around the country took notice to what the Rams did this year. And, and the idea was very simple is we've got a team mostly ready to win a Super Bowl, like 80% ready to win a Super Bowl. We've got the coaches in place. We've got an offensive line. We've got a defense that's good, not great, but we 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 feel like we can make a run out of it. And what did they do? They sold their they they sold the future. They went to a flea market and put everything on sale. And they acquired Matthew Stafford for two first round picks, a third round pick, and Jared Goff. That's if that ain't mortgaging your future, I don't know what is. They go take a flyer on somebody like OBJ. They go out and get Von Miller. It, you know, this, this, the idea of how this team won is something that I think a lot of teams in the NFL are going to look at, seriously look at. And look, I, I think you got to give a little credit too to the way the Buccaneers did things. Because the Buccaneers had a little bit of a similar situation. They didn't mortgage the future, but they built everything up. And they were like, okay, Jameis isn't our guy. Who's our quarterback? Oh, let's go get Tom Brady. And you plug Tom Brady into a situation where you've got a Scotty Miller. You've got you've, you've got a receiving core around him with Mike Evans. Godwin. I mean, and then you go out and get somebody like Antonio Brown. And the defense was stacked. Young talent, veteran talent, and they went out and win themselves a Super Bowl. So, similar ways to win. And so, you've got a couple of quarterbacks on the market, and, and I have got Jace. I want I want I'm going to be I want you to be my sounding board because I feel like there are some serious possibilities that somebody like Aaron Rodgers won't be in the division next year. Or or yeah. or Russell Wilson won't be in Seattle, and and because I think that there are teams that are looking at this saying, okay, uh, hey Aaron, you want a championship? You want one more? Well, come on over. And I all, all it would take really, and look, I I I don't know how serious Aaron Rodgers was about leaving the Packers this past offseason, um, but if he is actually serious, then now would be the play. Because I again, I just don't believe that if somebody wants out bad enough and you can get something for them, you can you can get something for your asset, then I don't see how GMs could could thumb their nose at that. So 
here's my, I'm going to go through a couple of these names because they're big time names. And I want to know if it's actually possible. And Jason, look, you tell me, are they going to be on their teams next year or not? All right. So let's start with Aaron Rodgers. He's the, uh, 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 you know, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer type of situation here in Detroit, in Green Bay, in the division. You know, there are questions about whether or not he will be back, questions about whether or not Devontae Adams will be back. And so the question is, where is, does Aaron Rodgers leave the Packers and where does he go? Uh, He does leave. He goes to Denver. His OC is now the head coach there. I forget his name. Um, that team is ready-made, I think, with uh, all the weapons they have in offense. they got a pretty good defense. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. Uh, they've got a, a great shot to win a Super Bowl. So a huge shakeup there. And, and look, maybe that's the way this thing plays out because Denver looks at it the very same way as, as either Tampa Bay or L.A., very same way. We're ready. We just need one more piece. We just need the most important piece, and that's the quarterback. How about Russell Westbrook? Russell, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, somebody else who has who has taken that organization to the pinnacle, won a Super Bowl, went to another Super Bowl and barely lost, and now you're in a situation where Russell Wilson looks at his career and says, "I probably don't have a ton of years left when I when I feel like I'm at my in my prime." He can still throw a deep ball. He can still run the football. He doesn't hasn't done that as much over the last couple of years, but he's still very athletic and he's incredibly accurate. Is is that a situation where where Russell Wilson says, much like Matthew Stafford did to the Lions, guys, I appreciate everything you've done for me. I love this place. It's my home, but I feel like I've got a little left in the tank and we are nowhere close to winning this thing. What happens to Wilson? And now here's a case where uh, Tampa Bay needs a quarterback. They could possibly uh, throw some money at him. It'd be a good deal. It'd be in a warm climate. Um, but for some reason, I I just don't think he leaves Seattle. I don't know why. I think just he stays. I think he stays. So, um, and I want to. I just want to pull up his uh, his contract situation because. You know, and I think that's a great point. I, I I have always kind of pegged over the last couple of weeks. I've kind of pegged Jimmy Garoppolo in uh, in Tampa Bay, yep. mm-hmm. but that could be that could be wrong. I mean, you've got Wilson under contract uh, for the rest for this season and next season. So this is a trade situation where, right, much like Matthew Stafford, they're going to want something in return. So you've got to find a team that's willing to give up two first for, for Russell Wilson, totally worth it. Totally worth it. But you, you got to find a team willing to bite becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2024. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo again has been somebody that I thought, I, I think his time in San Francisco has run its course. I think that much like in, and believe me, there is no comparison to Trey Lance and Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes had the, the ability to sit a year, learn, and then start. Trey Lance has had the exact same situation. Even got some playing time, but you 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 sit behind somebody who's been in the league for a long time, watch, learn, and then you get your shot. I think that they spent too much uh, in their draft capital to acquire Trey Lance and trading up to get him. So for me, it feels like 
it feels like the, the Niners have reached their ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like whether he's hurt, whether he makes a boneheaded play, it just feels like that, that ship has sailed in San Francisco. So for me, it feels like it's Trey Lance time in the Bay. And, and I think, I, I personally think Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. Yeah, you don't think uh, old Tom Brady is going to end up in San Francisco? I don't know if you've heard I, that rumor. You know, I have. <laughs> I have heard that rumor. I look. I'm going to choose to believe at this moment. I'm going to plead ignorance, and I'm going to choose <laughs> to believe that Tom isn't coming back. Like, wh- if there's one thing that I hate about tarnishing a great legacy, is like realizing that maybe it's time to go realizing you're going at really kind of the peak of your career as crazy as that sounds, uh, had one of his best statistical years this year. Um, I just, I think it would be silly, but maybe he does. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe they straight up trade Garoppolo for, for, for Brady and and he gets shipped out to to the Bay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's crazy. Look, there's been crazier things happening in this league, Jace. You got it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the other interesting thing in all of this, real quick before we go to break is the situation with Deshaun Watson. There's a report floating out there that there are multiple teams in the NFL willing to trade for Watson without a settlement in his sexual assault cases. Good idea. Bad idea. Uh, I want to know what Jason Fistler thinks. I, you know, I don't think it's a good idea just because what what he's going through. I know the commanders, Weird to say, and the Bucks are both interested. Mm-hmm. I, I, I a guy with that much now he's what has he missed? He's missed was just one season. Missed the whole now? season, he missed yeah. the whole season. So, yeah, I mean a lot of baggage, and he's had some time off. I, I don't think it's a good idea. No, I mean and some teams are going to get and, desperate though because the Bucks definitely need a quarterback. But there's a, I think there's other serviceable quarterbacks out there that you could you could sign. Totally. And here's the thing is you don't know how this thing legally is going to shake out. And so maybe you, tr- maybe you, you mortgage your future for somebody like Deshaun Watson and then he's doing jail time or something like that's not a place you want to be in. So I think yeah. for me, Deshaun Watson is radioactive. I don't think anybody touches him. Um, all right. I'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break. Come back for more um, here on Sports Rep, right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Now back to more Sports Wrap, presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. Um, You know that I am a college football junkie. Uh, I, I hold college football in the highest regard. And we've got a situation here where, where we had talked about this, geez, feels like forever ago, but, but a couple months ago at least. Um, about there was a committee that was established that were really considering expanding the college football player from four to 12, which bucks the trend. Everything college football does because everything is done in little increments. So it, it would be the assumption is you'd go from four teams to eight teams, then maybe to 12 teams. Then eventually in, you know, the year 21, 22 uh, will be at a 12 team playoff. But apparently there was no appetite for a 12 team college football playoff. So it'll remain at the current 14 format until 2026. And I got to be honest, 
um, a couple of the numbers that I saw said that because of the decision to stay at four, college football could be missing out on roughly 450-ish, if I remember correctly off the top of my head, uh, million dollars per season. If they were to go from four teams to 12 teams, and that would be split among the college football teams, the Power Five, and the whole deal. But it seemed like there, the 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 plan was there, but it just never materialized. I had seen a, a couple of quotes from some some conference leaders, directors, and and they just said, "Look, we feel like you know the specifically in the SEC, they felt like college expansion was a good thing." And, and certainly, from an SEC perspective, they feel like they could probably get a couple of more teams in every year. So I don't know why they wouldn't want that. But from a fundamental standpoint, like, I am so in favor of expanding college football, in, in, in particular the college football playoff. Because I believe, first of all, it's selfish. Totally. Because I love the game so much, I want more of it. And I want more of it with higher stakes. And some people I've talked to said, look, well, if you have higher stakes at the end, the stakes in the middle of the season, all of those opportunities that it, to, to build on wins, they don't really matter anymore because the bar is lower to get into the college football playoff. I just disagree. I fundamentally disagree. So, Jason, let's say you've got your Power Five conferences. And you go to a 12, let's just consider it an 18 playoff. You take your conference champions of all of, of the power fives. And then you've got three at larges. Whether that's somebody like a Notre Dame, whether that's somebody from a, a lower tier conference like Cincinnati, or you've got somebody maybe like this past year, Ohio state who I don't, I'm, I'm only using that as an example who look like they could have belonged. In the end, they didn't. But maybe you put somebody in there that has one loss, two losses, but they're really good based on their strength of schedule or the way that they lost their games. Doesn't that instantly make college football more exciting? Absolutely. And, I mean, if you expand to eight, you're always going to still get the ninth team saying something. Um. But four is – I'd rather it be the ninth team than the fifth. I think it should be, you know, with how, lar you know, how large college football is. And, you know, if you're in the – you know, if you're in the top five and you don't get a shot at being number five, I think that's travesty. Now, um, as far as, uh, you know, the way these – some of these games have gone the last couple of years, it's like, whew, you know – Maybe you get better matchups. Maybe you get you know um, better games. These games in these in in the, in the final four have not been very good. But I mean, well, and I it depends. Well, and here's on the other thing. I, I think you've got an opportunity here where you've got higher profile kids that have a lot of talent that will end up considering other schools instead of just Alabama, instead of just LSU, instead of just Clemson, because if if more teams have the ability to make the college football playoff, then they're not all just gravitating to Alabama to go to the playoff, uh, you know, three out of their four years. 
they're going to be able to go around, spread the talent out. I think I think everything improves with college football with, with, with an expanded playoff. But we're going to have to wait at least for another four years. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight. We'll catch you tomorrow right here on Sports Wrap. Uh, have yourself a wonderful evening. We'll see you then.